No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mendel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. For all those joining us live this evening from the rolling hills of Kentucky to the flatlands of the prairie provinces, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Alongside Dave Manouk, I'm your host, Drew Mandel, joining you live from beautiful Frankfort, Kentucky, to talk about the Winnipeg Jets' 5-2 victory over the Detroit Red Wings. Good night, Tim. That's saying goodnight to my father-in-law, if you'll excuse me, a little interlude. At I thought Tim was in time. the chat for a second there, Drew. I was like, who's Tim in the chat? No, Producer no, Tim? No, not producer Tim. Tim, my father-in-law, he's going to bed. So uh, I'll try and keep my voice down so as to not wake up the entirety of the uh, of the household as everyone else is asleep because we had a very early morning of travel to make it down here in time for the post-game show. But I do that for you, Dave M. That's, that's the sacrifices I make. Uh, much like Dylan Sandberg blocking shots left, right, and center. Those are the yep. sacrifices I make. You know, uh, another victory for the Winnipeg Jets. 7-1-1 one, one in their last nine. Uh, they did what they're supposed to do against a weak opponent, a Detroit Red Wings team that is struggling. They're losers of seven of their last eight in the Winnipeg Jets with a, you know, a, a, a bit of a slow start in the first period, which has sort of been the MO of this team as of late. But after mm-hmm. that point in time, after, you know, this was just a, a dominant performance by the Winnipeg Jets over the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, there's no question about it, Drew. And and obviously Detroit's had some injury problems, which is the reason why former Jets goaltender Michael Hutchinson is the backup to Morwina, Manitoba's James Reimer. Folks in Winnipeg were a little concerned. They thought there was going to be a, another situation where James Reimer was shutting things down. That wasn't the case tonight. He made some nice saves, but that wasn't going to be the case tonight. The Jets no. were not going to be denied. Um It's three low event first periods in a row. The most exciting thing in the first 10 minutes, I don't know if they showed this on TV, was a guy chugging a beer all in one take uh, during, I think it was a commercial break. But Oh, so that's where Ezzy is. Yes, that is explains where, where Mr. Ginsburg is. But uh no, that was that to a certain point in the first period, I was like, well, this is the most exciting part of the of the game so far. But then things, of course, started to get a little bit more exciting for folks in the building and outside of it. And uh yeah, look, I mean. This Jets team, I'm not going to call them a wagon, but they sure seem to be a little bit of a wagon right now. And and they're really good against the East, right? 8-0-3 against Eastern Conference teams. They'll have a tough test in Boston. I watched that Boston-Minnesota game uh, last night uh, in Boston. So we'll see mm-hmm. what uh, the Bruins have in store for the Jets on Friday night. But right now the Jets are looking like a very good team against Eastern Conference teams. They're looking like a very good team against Western Conference teams. So they've leapfrogged back into first place in the uh, Central Division, one point up on both Dallas and uh, Colorado, who are idle this evening. But what can you say, Drew? It was an it was an impressive game from the Jets. I mean, you didn't know really know how they were going to go, and and again, obviously, we're you know you have Cop and and Chirot, but I mean, it's kind of old hat that those guys are back now. It's not like a new thing, really. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were really just wondering how this game was going to go and how would the Jets kind of res- re- respond to a disappointing, you know, game result against the Montreal Canadiens. They fought back in that one and and they, you know, were able to to at least earn a point, but you knew they weren't satisfied with that result and you knew that they wanted to have a better um effort in tonight's game. And the first wasn't fantastic, 
But I thought overall, when you look at the totality of that hockey game, uh, the Jets eventually got going. So again, the only, I would say, cause for concern is that three periods in a row where I thought the first were a little bit slow for Winnipeg. But overall, I mean, you look at the way the team handled uh, Detroit and, yeah. and they had a really good effort for 60 minutes. But, you know, while they might have been slow starts, and I don't disagree with you that, you know, this was a slow start to the game for both the Jets and the Red Wings, and it was a slow start on uh, a Monday against the Canadians for both teams. Mm-hmm. At least the Jets at the same time, while they're starting slow, and forget about the other two games where they were down 2 nothing first, uh, the game against uh, Anaheim, Anaheim and the game against uh, Los Angeles. Those are, you mm-hmm. know, a few games ago now. But as, lo- you know, as much as they are starting slow, at the same time, though, they're not giving anything up to the opponent. You know, this wasn't uh, like one of the earlier games where, they started slow and Lauren Brossois had to keep the Jets in the game or Connor Hellebuck yep. had to keep the Jets in the game. It was just a very, it was it was a feeling out process for both teams. And as much as the Jets really weren't generating much at the same time, they weren't giving up anything to Detroit, which is yeah. probably not the, something you could say necessarily in years past or even earlier this year, where mm-hmm. if they were starting slow, they were outshot 10-1, they were outshot 11-1. It would have been worse if it wasn't for their goaltending. Right. Tonight's game, there was just not a lot of uh, there were not a lot of events going on in the first period until the Jets finally broke it open, uh, which we'll get into, of course, in a little while with the uh, during the Betway game recap. But you know, this was just a this was one team that's a better team imposing their will on a weaker team, and I mean, just the number of defensive breakdowns that Detroit yeah. suffered. Uh, I mean, it just really, you know, they they just really aren't that good of a hockey team. They seem like they should be a better team on paper than they are uh, than they are, ex, you know, in actuality. And I know that they're really going through the struggles right now. But kudos to the Jets for taking advantage of that and, and, and saying, OK, you're a weaker opponent. We're going to get an early goal. Or we're going to get the first goal and then we're going to get additional goals. And really, we're going to snuff the life out of this game before, uh, you know, before it gets, you know, Detroit has a has a faint hope. Uh, of mm-hmm. being in this one. And the Jets right. deserve kudos for that. I mean, yes, Detroit battled back and it got maybe a little bit hairy there in the third period, but I mean, not really. <laughs> not right. really. At no, no point in time did you really think the Jets were were, were were in trouble at any point in time or were in danger of, of having it come back because, look, at, at uh, you know, what is this now? This is now 21 straight games. 21. Ha- having not allowed more than three goals. I mean, mm-hmm. the NHL record is 22, I think I saw. The Tampa Bay Lightning did that a number of years ago. So the Jets would have an opportunity to tie that record on Friday night against the Boston Bruins. And mm-hmm. you know that that's going to be a, a, a psyched-up crowd and a psyched-up game against the Bruins on Friday because you know how good the Bruins are, of course. But this Jets team is just so committed to their details and have yeah. been for the vast majority of this season that you don't expect anything different at this point in time. You know, there was a couple minutes in that third period where I thought they got a little bit sloppy uh, mm-hmm. and it probably led to the, uh, to the four, uh, two goal. Uh, yeah. the, you know, the, the, uh, you know, that goal that came in the third period, the Jets got maybe a little casual and a little bit, they got on the wrong side of the puck and maybe they were trying to be a little bit too fancy, but that is so far the exception rather than the rule for this team. It's amazing to see Dave. Well, for sure. And and again, the Red Wings do have some good players, although I will admit it probably took to me till about the second period to notice Patrick Kane in this hockey game. Yeah, uh, I knew he was in it, but I didn't really see him a lot uh, in that first. And, you know, I, I just had the comment up. You just took it down. But I mean, it, it's fine because I, I thought the fourth line was excellent again tonight. And obviously they, they contributed on the score sheet. But it really was, uh, again, another instance where this fourth line 
has looked really good and they contribute. And, you know, I wrote about it. I don't know if it was today or last game, but I just said, I think they deserve, maybe it was today. And I just said, they deserve more minutes based on how they're playing. And I really think like, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there should be an impetus for Rick bonus to use them frequently and, and, and not try and shelter the minutes or give like overload the minutes because to me, that fourth line is contributing. You know, they're not just a, a, a team that's, that's, they're not treading water when they're out there. They're, they're leaning uh, on their opponents and they're, and they're creating some opportunities and they're scoring some goals, which of course is another benefit and something that you're going to want from your team. So you're right, Drew. I mean, look, you're always going to have lulls in a hockey game and especially when, you know, look, it's, it's one all and you know, the jets build up three more in the second and you're thinking, mm -hmm. okay, how are they going to, are they going to put their step on Detroit's throat or are they going to allow the wings to get a little bit of uh, a little bit of life? And you expected the, the wings to have some push, because you know they want to get off to a good start. I think this is the start of their road trip, so you know that they're they're wanting they have that expectation. And then, you know, Cop obviously wants to come back to Winnipeg and try and show that he's you know oh you're gonna you're gonna rue trading or or or, or yeah trading me away. And uh, the only person who's ruining that right now is Rob Blake <laughs> in L.A. because Gabriel Velarde, the mm -hmm. things he's doing, and obviously it's only uh, 13 games now that he's been back. But a point in every, well, 13 points in 13 games, six goals, seven assists. He's got two more points than Pierre-Luc Dubois on the season, Drew. So uh, the trade, one for one, as I joke on, on Twitter, was 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 going to be uh, maybe sufficient. But, I mean, maybe it's not a joke right now. I mean, Gabriel Velarde looks so good on that first, first line with Mark Scheifele and Nikolai Ehlers. And that trio, we talked about it, you know, as they build up that chemistry, and that muscle memory of playing together and, and learning each other's habits. Yeah. They look really good. They look really strong and mm -hmm. they look like a really good, you know, top first line in this NHL. So if you can find me, me a better first line in the last, you know, since they've been put together in the entirety of the NHL, I mean, you know, just, just the performance and, and the numbers they're generating are, are, right. are through the roof. I mean, even, you know, look, you know, this wasn't, the, I thought Mark Shifley's best game, but he still manages to contribute a goal and he's still doing the right things. They're not, none of them, nobody on the Jets team is cheating for offense. And, mm -hmm. and so, which means they're playing this incredibly stellar brand of defense, but at the same time, they're still generating, uh, you know, more than enough offense, which was what really people were worried about when Kyle Connor went down with the injury, you know, was well, there going to be enough offense? And well, clearly the answer is yes, as of late. Yeah. And, and again, what it comes down to is that this is a team that was, it, I don't think they believe the message. They really didn't. They just didn't have enough faith. And I, I mean, I think I'm not blaming, I'm not going to go back to the Paul Maurice days, but I think that when Rick Bonus took over last year and there was still some clash of, of ideologies, let's say, right. I don't know that this team bought into that philosophy of you can create offense if you play things properly defensively. I just don't, I never really got that sense this year. And again, you just, you, you um, isolated it when you said 21 straight games with three or less goals. Now, of course, Lauren Bressois and Connor Hellebuck have a big say in that, but the Jets sure. also, with their play, with the cutting down of the high danger chances, I'd be curious to know if we went back and looked, because a lot of folks are saying, well, if you look at this team last year, they had just as many points at this yeah. point last year as they did last year, and that's not an untrue statement. But I would argue that the major difference between this year and last year was that Connor Hellebuck was out of his mind. And, and again, the Jets probably outscored their problems, and they didn't defensively play this 
structured a game. And again, their power play and penalty kill were both better numbers last year, interestingly enough, than they are this year. But their five on five would not be as good. And so to me, Mm -hmm. these are two different teams, even though the results look remarkably similar. And so folks are expecting the the wheels to fall off. But this team seems to be, Drew, committed to playing this style of game. And as a result, it's, it's hard, you can't argue with it, right? Like, we, what do we talk about oftentimes? It's there's, there's if you no have way. success. It's hard to it's hard to you know. If I go up to bat or score a goal, I guess I should keep it to the hockey. But if you <laughs> score a goal, or five goals, or six goals, you know, playing a defensively sound game, I mean, it's it's hard to be like, well, we don't. Why would we do that when you know we are getting those results? Obviously, now they're getting the results. Guys are still having success. And so, and the team is winning. So I, again, I don't think these, I think that would be the major difference between last year and this year. Well, like I highlighted Patrick's comment that's on the screen right now. He's saying underlying stats say the Jets better this year compared to last. And, and there's no comparison this year. There's no reason to think that there's a sizable regression coming. You know, it's not like the Jets PDO, which, you know, can oftentimes inflate a team's record and will eventually uh, equal out. There's no reason to think that's what's coming for the Winnipeg Jets. This this Jets team just seems to be a very good quality hockey team and are doing all the right things necessary to win games on a consistent basis in this league. And, 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 you know, I think Nate Schmidt, I wanted to just make it mention Nate Schmidt because this is what now either the third or the fourth straight game that he's been in the lineup. And I, I just don't see any reason why that's going to change anytime soon. I think he has sort of found his stride a little bit again so that mm-hmm. him and Dylan Sandberg and Dylan Sandberg, I thought was a beast he was tonight. Yeah. He was a beast on was both really ends good. of the ice. I mean, there was a number of shot blocks, but at the same time, he was aggressive and jumping up into the play, which isn't something you typically uh, think of when you hear the you, when you think of Dylan Sandberg, and we'll of course talk about the tremendous pass he made to set up mm-hmm. Axel Janssen Fialbi's goal when we get into the Betway game recap coming up here in a couple of minutes. But everything about the Jets right now is just is is very solid. You wouldn't say uh, that there's there's an area of concern. Are there areas that can be improved upon? Yes. Can you always get better? Yes. But there's nothing that is uh, you know. Uh, you know, really concerning. Sure, the special teams, but you know, and, and that would be is an issue. And we know that they worked on that during the uh, during the practice yesterday. They weren't no. able to. Sorry, uh, was it this morning during? Yeah, yeah, sorry, this morning during. Yesterday this game, was yesterday ended up being an optional, optional because right. they had guys who were banged up. Uh, right, you know, Morrissey's Josh, face had a most hole. Specifically, in it. Yeah, Josh Morrissey. Right. Josh Morrissey, by the way, was very funny today. I have to give him credit because when we were sitting there and I actually specifically think he was directing it my way because I happened to be on his, quote, not so good side. So uh, <laughs> the IC video happened to be getting right at that uh, him at that angle. But he did say he's like, I'll try and, you know, you know, be give you guys my good side. Joked, joked about Blue Steel, you know, the old uh, Zoolander reference. Yeah. And then talked about uh, he said, well, maybe you guys. But again, directed it at us the illegal curve cam uh, could use the footage of uh tsn sportsnet who were on the other side of him but uh you know credit him because you know he he uh i mean that looked that looked nasty when you looked at it up close sure. and you saw you could see you could see how much pain he was in because when our you know our, our amazing photographer colby spence took the photos in the game it's not swollen at that point so it's bloody but it's mm-hmm. not swollen then you see him actually today and i mean obviously i'm about a foot away from him when we're talking and he is just like his cheek is just swollen 
So uh, good on him for for playing. He, you know, someone asked him if it was going to impact him. He said, "No, not of course not. It's going to not 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 remotely." And and you could see it didn't impact him. He was he had another good game. Yeah, he had another great game. I mean, look, the Jets were top to bottom. They were very good. And I mean, they, they were a four-line effort tonight. And I mean, they were getting secondary scoring from some unlikely sources in tonight's game. So everything about tonight's performance for the Winnipeg Jets was just very neat, very tidy, very effective, and very emblematic, I would say, of, of what a good hockey team is supposed to look like. And that's what the Winnipeg Jets look like as of late. They're back to top spot in the Central Division. Mm-hmm. And, you know, your game, what was this game? 31, if I'm not mistaken? 31. Yeah, there you go. Game 31. You know, you're, you're in top spot in the Central Division. You're doing something right. And, of course, they'll have another big test coming up on Friday against the Boston Bruins. But we'll get to that a little bit later on during this evening's post-game show. We do say Good evening to everyone. If you're just joining us, Dave Manouk is on the right-hand side of your screen. I'm your host, Drew Mandel. Dave's in Winnipeg. I'm with my family, my wife's family in Kentucky, but we come to you no matter where we are. We we bring you the latest on the Winnipeg Jets with the Illegal Curve post-game show, and we'll do it again, of course, on Friday night after the Jets and the Bruins, which will be back at the regular start time of around 9.45 or so with the these last two games having been early starts. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button subscribe to the youtube channel you know how to you know what you got to do and i see there's people talking about the special guest that's going to join us <laughs> that'll come a little bit later that'll come after the betway game recap but don't go anywhere of course folks the special guest will make an appearance we promise on tonight's edition of the illegal curve post game show and if you don't know what i'm talking about well stay tuned patrick knows what you're talking about patrick Drew. knows what i'm talking about is right exactly right Spencey knew what you're talking about i know Spencey. there's a, you know the, sometimes there's people who joined us last Last year at this time of the year and then there's sometimes there's some new people who may not have been here last year when uh, uh the triumphant uh clock made its debut on the show so stay tuned wasn't it like that. multiple games though and a saturday show drew i think we like the clock was like by the end it was famous but i mean i think it took a bit of time before the clock really started to well, I guess we'll know in about 26 minutes. Yeah, there you go. The clock, it's, it's, it's in warm-up. It's, it, it's getting ready to <laughs> sing to us is what it's getting ready to do. Hopefully these microphones, because they're new microphones. I'm not sure if these microphones will be able to pick up the chimes Ooh. of the clock, but uh, maybe you'll all have to rearrange and I can bring my microphone and, and, and make sure we get it on. But nonetheless, in any event, we just get into the game recap. There's a lot of goals to talk about. It is the Betway game recap brought to you by our friends at Betway. The Betway Game Recap. Betway, of course, is the most trusted voice uh, in sports betting, both in Canada and all around the world. They're the title sponsor of the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. So if you're in the mood to make a wager, perhaps you're going to be wagering on the Winnipeg Jets. Perhaps you're wagering on college bowl games. Perhaps you're wagering on tomorrow morning's University of Kentucky versus Lipscomb women's basketball game that I'm going to. Whatever you're in the mood for, I think our friends at Betway can help you out with that. Uh, Let's get started on the Betway game recap, Dave. The Jets open the scoring. I got to use my phone here at the same time. I don't have my second screen uh, being Ooh. here on the road. So, you know, I'm going to have to try and uh, multitask. Uh, the Jets open the scoring at the, uh, the 15-38 mark of the first period. It's Neil Pionk. I was waiting for it to was be it Morgan Barron, but apparently it's still Neil Pionk. His second of the season, assist to Axel Janssen, Fialbi, and David Gustafson. Uh, it's, a, it's a zone entry, the clean zone entry 
complimentary by Axel Janssen Fialbi, and then he takes a nice hard high shot on James Reimer, and Reimer has trouble corralling the rebound. In fact, uh, Janssen Fialbi goes and gets the rebound himself, sends it back to the point to Neil Pionk, and Morgan Barron is in front, uh, causing some chaos. I could have sworn he tipped it. I think you probably thought the same thing. I did. so far, it's Neil Pionk's goal that hasn't changed. Uh, it deflected in off of, well, clearly not Baron off the Red Wings defender and sort of just changed direction. Uh, and tough one for uh, James Reimer on this one. But the Jets will take it. A bit of a greasy goal to make it one nothing. Well, I mean, the key is that the Jets, first of all, great puck retrieval by Axel Janssen Fielby, as you touched on, Drew. I mean, you that's what you need him to do, right, is use mm-hmm. his speed because that is that is his biggest asset um, you know, we sometimes joke he doesn't necessarily need his hockey stick. Although we'll, 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 I was going to say we'll have to bite our our our, our lip on that one. But like he makes a, he makes a nice play, and then Morgan Barron goes to the front of the net, and it's interesting because it really doesn't take away the eyes of Reimer. I I don't know that he was ready for the shot, but mm-hmm. you can just see on the on the replay that when it hits, it just dies right. Like he's Reimer's expecting a high shot, all of a sudden the puck just dives down, and it's in the bottom of his net, and he's you know, it gets the crowd going. And like I had said, there was a little bit ho-hum at that point. The folks were waiting for something exciting to happen. Uh, to that point, the only thing that really had been going was the guy chugging his beer. So <laughs> the, the, the crowd gets going. And it was funny because I joked. I said, folks don't know whether it's going to be, hold on, let me just make sure. I don't want to butcher their goal songs. But uh, let me just here, let's pull it up. It was either going to be Renegade by Sticks for Neil Pionk or Home for Rest by Spirit of the West for Morgan Barron. But uh, I think they ended up playing both, to be honest with you, Drew. So they weren't they weren't certain in the <laughs> both uh, in good the, songs. Yeah, and and it was just it to me it was just funny because you just weren't like Baron kind of looked at him and then he's like you could see he wasn't certain. And then he went and Pionk took the because we all thought it was Baron based on yeah. the reaction, but and the way the puck died right because Pionk shot it high and the puck died. So then you realize it may have hit the defender. Regardless. It, it's just a, it's it's the reason why you want to sometimes just throw pucks at the net, and that was a good play by the Jets. And mm-hmm. you know, for the most part, Detroit early had kind of a little bit of a very minor shot edge, and then the Jets took over things in the in the latter stage of that first period, and that's where you could start to feel them building a little bit more momentum. Because again, like I said, it, it just felt it felt very low event to that point, and then all of a sudden the Jets crowd and the crowd get into it. With uh, with that opening goal by Neil Pionk, his second of the season. Yeah, exactly right. So it's one one nothing for the Winnipeg Jets after 20 minutes. Shots on goal in that first period. 12 assist, By the way, the Drew, Jets. assist to David Gustafson, who was playing yes. in his 100th NHL game. Where does so the time Cole go? Perfetti. So it was Cole Perfetti, I just yeah. was going to say. So you had the 2018 second rounder, which was Gustafson. Yeah, and then you had Cole Perfetti, the 2020 first rounder. So those guys playing... You know, obviously, a hundred hundred games each. It's pretty uh, significant milestones, and uh, again, attesting to the draft and develop model that uh, Winnipeg continues to employ. The most amazing part of that stat, Dave, is that neither you or I have aged one day in their 100 games that they've played. So I don't know how Fair. we're doing it. We truly are the are the heroes in this situation, not uh, Perfetti and Gustafson having played their 100 NHL games. Congratulations to them both. So one nothing for the Jets after 20 minutes. The Red Wings tie it up, though. Uh, they tie it up at the 144 mark. So early in the second period, it's Olimata, assist to Patrick Kane and Andrew Kopp. So good for Kopp to get on the scoreboard, uh, playing 
nothing against his old Winnipeg mates. Uh, Detroit wins a D zone draw here, and then it's a clean zone entry. Uh, Andrew Kopp to Patrick Kane. Olimata is the trailer, and Kane finds Olimata. We know how good of a passer Patrick Kane is and has been throughout the entirety of his career. And Adam Lowry is uh, sort of screening Lauren Persuas on this one. It looks like it maybe deflects a bit off of Lowry, and it evades uh, Lauren Persuas to the Red Wings, tie it up at one early in the second period. Yeah, and and look, the Jets are caught puck watching a little bit because nobody is paying attention to Olimata, who's just coming cruising into the into yeah. the jet zone, and he's basically allowed. I mean, you can see it's clearly a set pay by the Red Wings, right? They 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 get a quick attack, you know, with the three on two, and then the Jets are busy trying to defend against those guys, trying to catch up, and then I think Morgan Barron was was pretty deep in the jet zone, and then. Yeah, you can definitely see that Adam Lowry is screening Lauren Brassois. Originally, when on first blush, Drew, you kind of watched it, you know, live. You're thinking, oh, he beat uh, Brassois pretty clean, but then you realize like Lowry actually is in front. So, a uh, bit unfortunate, but yeah, I mean, look, you've got Lowry does what he's supposed to do, and then he just doesn't get out of the way. Unfortunately for him, so he's either got to block that shot or get out of the way so Brassois can see it clean. He doesn't, mm-hmm. and then Mata goes and ties the game one all. That's right. So one one at that point in time, but the Jets don't uh, don't hang their heads for too long. They get the lead right back s- just under six minutes later. In fact, five minutes and fifty seven seconds later, to be exact. It's Nikolai Ehlers, his eleventh assist to Gabe Velarde and Dylan Demello. You knew you weren't going to keep the Jets' top line off the score sheet for the entirety of the night, the way they've been playing as of late, mm-hmm. and they certainly di- didn't. Uh, Dylan Demello c- gets the the shot through, and then Gabe Velarde goes and gets the rebound behind behind the net and he's behind the net and it's not doesn't seem like it's going to be a a you know a scary situation for Detroit but inexplicably Jake Wallman just leaves Nikolai Ehlers he leaves Nikolai Ehlers all alone uh, at the side of the net to go chase after uh, Gabe Velarde nobody comes back to support Jake Wallman in what in my mind was a very poor decision and he did not have a good game today uh, Wallman did not and him no. and uh, Maurice Sider were were paired and they were both on the ice I think for the three straight goals I believe they were on the ice for the 2-1 goal the 3-1 goal and the 4-1 goal I'm going to double check that though in a second uh, but Wallman leaves the front of the net Ehlers is just all alone so Velarde just slides the puck to him and then Ehlers goes off the far post and in it just sort of it really didn't seem like it was going to be any sort of uh, dangerous play except for just a boneheaded decision in my mind by Jake Wallman and the Jets capitalize on it. Yeah, and, and Red Wings captain Dylan Larkin is the player who's pursuing Velarde behind the net. So he's got Velarde and he's with them. And even if he doesn't stay with them, I mean, I understand Wallman is hoping that the, you know, his his defensive partner is going to back him up, but he also is leaving Nikolai Ehlers wide open in front of the net. And at that point, He's got to realize like there's there's nobody in close proximity. So I don't know where he thought that support was coming from, right? Because you also have to pay attention to Mark Scheifele being on the ice. So Ehlers is left by himself beside the net and really heads up play by Gabriel Velarde because, sure. I mean, again, a lot of the guys are thinking like Larkin is hoping, like he's a step behind him. But I mean, Ehlers is just in, in put himself into soft ice, really. And well, it wasn't, Two seconds before Wallman decided to abdicate his responsibilities of tying him up in front of the net, but you're right. You just can't leave a guy who's that dangerous, you know, with in Neeler in Ehler, sorry, to have that sort of chance. I mean, he's not missing that. He had to reach for it a little bit, but right. I mean, at that point, that and Ehlers, I didn't think had a great game against Montreal, 
but that gives him four goals and four at that point, four goals, four assists uh, in his last four games. So, I mean, like, again, he's contributing and, and he's getting on the score sheet. And that was his, I think his 11th goal in uh, 31 games. And last year he had 12 in 51, I think, or something like that. So he's, he's well below what his numbers were last year. Uh, in terms of his goal scoring. And that's obviously, you know, significant. Uh, let me just see. Uh, sorry, he had 12 and 45 last year. And he's got he's up to 11 and 31 this year. So, uh, look, Ehlers, I thought, is a you player who's... You have to be a math genius to know that's better. It is better, correct. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 look, I just think it's, it's a testament to that first line. I mean, Gabriel Velarde has become... And, and look, the biggest thing for, the, for Mark Shifley, even though mm-hmm. he, as much as he wanted to play with Kyle Connor and loved playing with Kyle Connor, what have we always talked about that line needing? A right shot. And what is it that they've wanted? They literally asked for Mason Appleton, who doesn't have necessarily that skill set on a long-term basis to be on the top line. You, they, they wanted Appleton because he provided that right shot. Well, they've got a guy who's a right shot who has, again, he's, and you hear Gabriel Velarde talk about it. I mean, he was talking about it with us, was it two days ago, where he was talking about his timing and his hands and his feet, getting everything back in. Because remember, he's not that far removed from his injury. Well, he sure looks like it because yeah, he's contributing he like phenomenally. And that and that top line just continues. Again, we've talked about it. I'm not trying to gush here, but it, it's 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 remarkable how good that top line has been for Winnipeg. I mean, they're they're whether you just want to look at their regular stats or the fancy stats, they're contributing all over the place. And so it, it's a... It's one of those things that the Jets have needed because, again, it's both ends of the ice. Shifley's got a bigger commitment to both ends of the ice. Gabriel mm-hmm. Velarde, we know, is more responsible. Ehlers' speed alone allows him to to do some things if he needs to. So it, it's it's a big play, and again, it gets the Jets that momentum back, and he got the crowd back into the game. Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, that's what the Jets, you want to see that response after Detroit tied it up early in the second period. And the Jets do respond. And then they double down on that response by uh, making it 3-1. And this comes three minutes and nine seconds after. So you got two goals in the span of three minutes and nine seconds. And the Jets take a 3-1, you know, real stranglehold on the game or, you know, a a commanding 3-1 lead. Maybe the Mm -hmm. fourth goal became the stranglehold. But this is probably just this is a highlight reel goal from two guys you don't expect to see on the offensive side of the ledger very often it's Axel Janssen Fialbi it's his first of the year and the assist goes to Dylan Sandberg and before we break it all down we're going to award this one our Seagram's shot of the game the Seagram shot of the game And I apologize. I don't have anything to shoot back right now. I'll have to get a, a drink for Friday's post game show. Like I said, I've been up since 4.30 in the morning. So I don't know that alcohol right now would be the best solution for me. I might be uh, more inane rambling uh, if I added some alcohol to my, uh, to my diet right now. So I'm going to avoid that. But I'm going to say thank you to our friends at Seagram's for their continued support of the Illegal Curve post game show. And if you're looking for a drink to consume responsibly, we do highly recommend any of the great products that our friends at Seagram's put together. And yes, you all knew it was coming. It is the shot of the game. Axel Janssen Fialbi gets it with a beautiful breakaway shot going glove side on uh, James Reimer. And, and, you know, the shot is great. The speed demonstrated by Janssen Fialbi is great. And the pass by Mm -hmm. Dylan Sandberg, a bank pass from one side of the ice to the other to hit Fialbi in stride behind Shane Gostisbehere is just 
this is just exquisite high-level play on the offensive side of things from two guys you don't necessarily expect to to, to have attached to that their names, uh, high-level offensive uh, plays, Dave. Well, I mean, look, there's a reason why the Jets were desperate to sign Dylan Sandberg, you know, out of college. The, he's he's a phenomenal defender. He's a great young talent. And you knew, and it seems like he's ready. We we thought he was going to be ready to handle more responsibility. He continues to show that he can handle more responsibility. He matched his points total from last season uh, in tonight's game. He had uh, two goals, I believe, two goals and six assists last year. Now he's got, he's zero for eight. So he's got the reverse Cy Young, but he did this uh, It last year. He did it in 63 games. This year, he's done it in 31. And one of the things that Rick Bonus wanted was more offense. And and that, I thought Dylan Sandberg was probably the best defenseman for me tonight in tonight's game. I he thought was, he did, uh, he, was he did absolutely everything. I mean, he was, he blocked the shots. What was the, what was the big thing Rick Bonus wanted to see? That commitment to shot blocking. He blocked shots, a big one in that third period. I I'll thought he what, made. Do you know how good Dylan Sandberg was? Sure. Dylan Sandberg was so good that he made Roscoe just leave a comment that didn't have anything to do with with with, with, with his old lady or anything along those lines. And we know that <laughs> Roscoe is usually at least it was in all caps. As long yes. as it was in all caps, it's fine. But I mean, it, it 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 made Roscoe leave what could be described as an articulate and, and well thought out comment, and that doesn't happen all the time. Love you, Roscoe. Oh, the humanity, Drew. Oh, yeah. the humanity. But to steal Roscoe's line, but right. Um, I, I yeah, I just thought that Sandberg was fantastic in in today's game I mean he's been fantastic all season but I just thought that that's that's the element of the game that you wanted to see from him that you want to see that development because defensively we know already he's committed to that that area but is his is is the the growth in his offense going to going to be there and and look he's not replacing Josh Morrissey anytime soon but it's a really important step for a, a relatively young player. And I thought Dylan was good too, Darcy, but I, I just thought that Sandberg to me was the one who stood out. And, mm-hmm. and that pass was an excellent example of a guy who made a really great stretch pass, saw actually Anson Fielby recognized. And again, it, you got to give actually Anson Fielby credit because it wasn't the easiest pass to, to receive and he had to do it in stride. So, uh, you know, credit to him. And I think that, you know, Drew, and it's one thing that we should probably talk about, because today on the ice, I was at morning skate, of course. And one of the things that was there, one of the two of the people that were on the ice for morning skate, and we can talk about it a little bit more after, yeah. um, you know, the, the post game recap is the fact that you had both Rasmus Kupari and Billy Hainola in yellow non-contact. Mm-hmm. And you do wonder how much of a factor that is for this fourth line, which again is playing so well. And yet you don't, you know, with Rasmus Kupari coming back, you don't know, and look, Rick Bonus isn't saying it to me anytime soon. He said earliest it'll be is after Christmas. Although two days ago, I felt like he was saying it was a ways away. So you never know what that exactly means. <laughs> but you do wonder if that factors in. And ra- and actually, Johnson VLB knows. Look, it's great to be a good penalty killer, which he is, but he's got to be able to contribute in other ways. And that's a beautiful goal. And we didn't even know what his goal song was. We weren't certain. I'm still not 100 <laughs> percent certain. I I know what his goal song is. Something I think it was. Uh, Someone asked me. I'm not. Hold on. I actually I had someone ask. I'll, I'll tell you right now what it was. It was uh, Glenn always said, "Good boys, bongo cha cha cha." You're not familiar? No, I'm familiar. I just was. <laughs> I was expecting something Swedish, to be honest with you. Yeah, fair enough. Anyways, I was gonna it. go. I would figure, you know, maybe a little Avicii. 
something along those lines. Maybe if you want to go uh, ABBA, if you want to go old school, but he went with good boys, bongo cha-cha-cha. There you go. Dave does the cha-cha-cha. <laughs> well, we say good evening to everyone again. It is the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk talking about the Jets' 5-2 victory over the Detroit Red Wings. We're in the midst of the Bethway game recap. It's what we do after each and every Winnipeg Jets game. Uh, the Jets make it 4-1. So it's 3-1. Then, you know, if 3-1 was commanding, 4-1 was a stranglehold. That is also in the second period, a three-goal second period for the Winnipeg Jets, Gabe Velarde. Of course, how much more can we say about Gabe? Velarde? His sixth of the year assist to Cole Perfetti and Josh Morrissey. And this is just the Winnipeg Jets cycling the Detroit Red Wings to death. And it's in the midst of a line change. Perfetti is coming off of the bench. Uh, Velarde takes the original shot, and then the rebound goes to Dylan DeMello. He gets it over to Josh Morrissey. Uh, or pardon me, Morrissey to uh, it goes the other way around, I believe. Uh, yeah, Morrissey to Perfetti. Yeah, Morris's DeMello to Morrissey, Morrissey to Perfetti. And again, Moritz Sider and Jake Wallman are just covering air and they leave uh, Gabe Velarde all alone. And it's a great pass by uh, by Cole Perfetti. And Velarde's got the easiest goal he's had all season. He's just standing there. Nobody's near mm-hmm. him. I mean, you know, Sider and, 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 and Wallman are just in no man's land, which is something yeah, you could say a lot team. about the Winnipeg Jets. It was rem- it was reminiscent of some Jets defensive breakdowns in years past, but uh, in this case, it uh, is to the Jets' advantage, and uh, and Velarde tucks it in, and it's four one for the Winnipeg Jets uh, before the second period is out. Dave, well, the Jets didn't get any power plays in this game, but that sure looked like a power play. It looked like a five on four opportunity because they were controlling the puck and i'm fairly certain everybody who could have touched that puck because i think shifley is the one who actually got it started and you know he did the twist actually it wasn't even shifley i think it was and then they oh, did a velardi velardi had the original shot i believe right so i'm just saying that there were a number of players who touched that puck who you know it, it cycled it uh, like you touched on drew and and mm-hmm. that to me is key is that they were fast again and that's one of the things we talked about making quick decisions and the Jets did this on this shift. And sure enough, what happens when you make quick decisions and fast decisions and the correct ones, you know, you make a beautiful pass. I mean, first of all, we talked about Cole Perfetti. He scores, his, he scores the goal of the last game, finding soft ice. Today, that, I mean, that's just, that's an all-world pass. The guy's got, you know, great vision. And you, yeah, Drew, the, the defense is terrible because they're just standing around. Like, they're literally just allowing that play to kind of transpire. But the Jets... You know, I think it was seven JP seven B had said earlier it was like a cat playing with a, a, a with a mouse, and in this shift, I mean, how many Red Wings are just going for? They don't state? know what to do. They're 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 just discombobulated. They don't know what their coverages are supposed to be. They don't know who they're supposed to you know try and try and take. So they take nobody instead. It was just it it was ugly defending and 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 excellent execution offensively by the Jets, but the Red Wings certainly made it easy on them. So that is not that the Jets need to you know apologize for that, but you know Detroit was covering was playing poor de- defense and the Jets took advantage of it like they should, like a good team like the Jets should in that case. Well, and this is this is literally almost a carbon copy of the goal Cole Perfetti scored, though, right? I mean, yeah. Gabe Velarde is engaged with a guy in front of the net with Wallman, and then all of a sudden backs off, finds that soft ice, doesn't get challenged, and Perfetti sees him, and again, he's got unbelievable hockey IQ, and he spots him, and it's an easy tap-in for Velarde. And you're right, Drew, of all the goals he scored this season, that was probably his easiest, and that gives him six goals on the season. So, um you know, the superlatives were flying and the Jets are up 4-1 
after 40 minutes. So, I mean, it's uh, the, the crowd was into it. Let's just put it that way. Everybody was excited. Uh, you know, the Macarena was playing at uh, Canada Life. And that, of course, gets everyone uh, uh, out of their seats and and up and and, and Are people doing the dance in the in the crowd. I mean, I haven't I, you I, know I haven't been in the building, but I mean, if I'm doing the dance here, yeah, why they should, I would hope they're doing the Macarena in in, in the stands when he scores. Um, I mean, I can't attest to the fact that everybody is doing the Macarena, Drew, but I would say that a lot of folks were doing the Macarena. So okay, uh, I'm concerned yeah. about that. Yeah, no, I, I mean, obviously you're concerned about that, but I mean, it's, it's just funny. Cause like at that point, you know, yeah. he's up to 11 points in 13 games. Obviously we're going to get, you know, add more, but I mean, it's just, it's, it's remarkable what he's been able to do uh, in a short period of time. And again, you know, obviously it's worth mentioning that he's playing on the top line with the jets and that's a difference. And Pierre-Luc Dubois is playing on the third line in, in LA, mm-hmm. but I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a results-based business, Drew. And if we just look at the stats, the uh, results right are good. Now, the results are good. The results are very good. There you go. Craig Penner is saying people in section 309 were doing the Macarena. So that's that's important breaking you, news here on the post-game show. Uh, Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk with you on the Illegal Curve post-game show. Uh, it's getting close to the time, folks. So I'm I'm, I'm keeping a close eye on the clock. Yeah, three more time. minutes, for God's sakes. Well, but usually the clock's a little bit ahead. So I think it's closer to around the 59 mark. It's not it's not exact timing. So I'm going to have to, uh, maybe as we get into the 4-2 goal here, Detroit uh, cuts into the Jets' lead to make it 4-2. Two. Uh, this comes at the 841 mark of the third period after the Jets run into a little bit of uh, uh, they take the first penalty, the Nino Niederreiter slash, which was about the softest slashing penalty I've ever seen in my life. The Jets didn't get any power play opportunities, but the Jets kill off the Niederreiter one. But I thought they were getting a little loose at this point in the game and Detroit mm-hmm. ends up taking advantage. It's an odd man rush uh, and Patrick Kane ends up getting his second of the season assisted Dylan Larkin and Marit Sider as the Jets, uh, like I said, get a little loose and uh you know maybe a little too fancy and some there were a couple Ehlers turnovers right around this time of the game that the Jets probably aren't going to like and it becomes a 4-2 game at that point in time uh for the win for the Detroit Red Wings uh, pardon me for the Winnipeg Jets they have this coming at the 840 mark of the third period sorry Drew I was trying to let people know that you know our special guest is going to be chiming in oh Drew what's going on right now I'm I'm getting up to move towards the 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 special guest because I can't you bring the, the the computer with you I'm bringing the computer with me. Don't worry. I'm moving at the oh, same not time. Not necessarily the most flattering angle there, Drew. Uh, not, Dave, there are very few flattering angles of me in general, but I'm just <laughs> keeping it up here so we can see it. There it is, oh. folks. In the all clock its glory. is back. We can hear it. We can hear it. You don't need to do that. There you go, folks. Give it a chant. The clock is singing. Man, 400 people are in the chat just so they could be part of that. Uh... There it is, folks. It's all is glory. The clock has chimed. It is 11 o'clock Eastern time. There's going to be a lot of very confused people who are wondering <laughs> why there's dead air playing on their podcast edition of this show. But there is the clock. It is still uh, hanging out and doing its thing. And I don't know why this clock has become so popular. But then again, I don't well, it became really know. popular last year. I don't remember why. I think it was because... <laughs> I don't remember. I think it was just because it would randomly play, and maybe because our mics are are less direct, were less directional. The uh, the clock was picked up a little bit more significantly, and uh, people lower uh, were into it. People, the clock was a rocking, and uh, so was the show. Reg Dunlop is saying now he can sleep because he heard the clock. 
Roscoe saying Roscoe surprisingly saying what a situation. Yeah, I never never would have expected that comment from uh, from Roscoe or anything along those lines. But there you go. The clock is back. The clock is around. The clock will be here on Friday for the Illegal Curve post game show as well. So I hope everyone enjoyed that uh, the the first edition of the clock uh, on on this edition of the of the program. <laughs> This is absolute insanity is really what it is, but that's okay. My in-laws, when I tell them tomorrow, are going to be like, what? You showed everyone our clock? I don't understand. What are the words you are saying here? But uh, moving <laughs> You're back. words. We're not sure we understand the words. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> moving back to the, uh, the Red Wings goal here, Dave. I just thought the Jets got a little loose, which, I mean, I sort of understand to some extent. It's 4-1. You know, you're, you're feeling good about yourself. Yeah. Um, Look, I, I thought it actually. I thought the, the loose play for the Jets started with that Niederreiter penalty call, which was a weak call at best, especially because Ehlers getting cross-checked in the head by Ben Sherratt, you know, a couple minutes yeah. before that goes uncalled, and instead this is the first call that the officials make uh, during the you know during this game. Yeah, no, I mean, I I thought we thought it was going to be a clean sheet actually, and it's ironic, of course, because of all the talk about the power play and, and the yeah. Jets wanting to work on their special teams for them to get no power plays is rather humorous. But again, like I said, a couple of instances tonight where five on five looked like five on four. So, um, I mean, it's just an interesting, uh, it was an interesting game, you know, from that point on, because you're, you do wonder how the Jets are going to, are they going to take their foot off the gas? And it's a little bit natural to expect that. And, and sure enough, that's exactly what happened in this. If you, call that a, a fair penalty. And like I said, Drew, it's fairly marginal as penalties go, but Nino Niederreiter heads to the box. And, you know, again, Patrick Kane still can score. And it's 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 a nice play by by the Red Wings. I mean, they take advantage of the Jets being deep and, and push. And, and like I said, you get a big shot. I think it was Dylan Larkin who took that big shot. And then Patrick Kane, of course, finishes off that rebound. I didn't really notice him throughout the course of the game, but you know, special no. teams, that's where his that's his bread and butter, especially at this point as he's recovering slowly and getting back into play. I mean, he obviously has taken off a significant point of this season, but look, I mean all, I think, all the hype about where was Patrick Kane gonna sign is not commensurate with his on ice impact anymore. Patrick Kane in his prime was one of the best players in the league. He's not that anymore. So really, I mean, again, it was early in the season, and I understand that you know the the talking heads have to fill the airtime with something, but Patrick mm. Kane just doesn't have impact. Look at his numbers last year with the Rangers. By the way, the Rangers were a way better team than the Detroit Red Wings were. He was you know, he had he was very ineffective playing for the New York Rangers last year and I mean I would argue that he's probably similarly ineffective for the Red Wings this year so you you're getting what you're getting from Patrick Kane at this point of his career which is not a significant uh, player uh, you know at, at the NHL level he's he's got his skill set he can still have his great vision but he's not a driver of play anymore no I, I don't think so at all and again like I said that I think that's consistent with his just lack he just didn't bear much attention Really, and from what I was watching, from the especially in the first twenty minutes, I mean, again, he gets he's he's still talented. He can still shoot the puck. It's just he doesn't take over a game the way he used to take over a game. So, so that's again, that's one of those benefits that if you can have a guy who can be more of a specialist for your team and and an ancillary player, then maybe that's where Patrick Kane can can um, thrive. I right. mean, Detroit is a curious choice for him i know that there was the hope that you know depringit and him would would rekindle uh their chemistry and and boy lauren persuade made a nice save 
on Debrinket because uh, oh, Debrinket just missed. Yeah, I mean, he no, just no, no, no. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about in the third period. I'm talking about oh, the, you're talking about the one in the first period. Uh, second period. Okay, then there was also was the one. This, off there field. was one. There was one in the second period where he where he got across. Debrinket had what looked like almost like an open net, and and Brassois got across and made a save. So and there was um, a save in the first period off of Dylan Larkin, where the puck came off of the end boards and like right yeah. through, right back through uh, Brassois' legs, and then onto Larkin's stick, and then Brassois had the wherewithal well, to kick out the leg to. Keep, and it's, that was when the game was still zero zero. Yeah, and and we thought, well, it's funny because I was like, oh, Brendan Dylan, you know, saved the goal. And I actually thought Brendan Dillon should have saved the goal because he made a bad pinch at the blue line, which allowed Detroit to, to have the numbers uh, and get that opportunity in the first place. So we originally, again, first blush was that Dillon had made the stop or at least part got his stick on it. And I think he may have in part, but I, yeah, you're right, Drew. Brassois did kick out his toe and make the stop on Larkin. So that was, he made some nice saves. I mean, you know, again, Detroit didn't kill him with, I don't, what were the high danger chances in tonight's game? Uh, the high danger chances, I think, were 12-11 in the Jets' favor. Yeah, 12-11 in high danger chances at 5-on-5. Five five, and the Jets only played at 5-on-5. Five 5-on-5, five. Five five, yeah. Yeah, or they they only had, they never had any power plays. So, yeah, the yeah. high danger chances were pretty even. But th- that, to me, still is a little misleading. I don't really remember there being, uh, you know, the Jets only having one, uh, you know, uh, one more high danger chance than the Red Wings. But yeah. nonetheless, I, did, I thought, you know, the not the turning point, but where really where it could have been a 4-3 game, it should have been a 4-3 game, was mm-hmm. with Morrissey in the penalty box for hooking. And Debrinket had really had a wide open net yeah. uh, that he just somehow managed to hit the side of the net rather than the mesh. And you saw him hit the side of the net and just look up to the heavens and yeah. say, how did I miss that? Because it really should have been about a 4-3 game with about, you know, eight minutes to go still. This is when Morrissey took the penalty uh, mm-hmm. in the third period. This one was a legitimate one. It was a hooking penalty. He yep. takes that penalty at the 12-39 mark. So there's, you know, eight minutes and 21 seconds to go uh, when he takes that penalty. So the Red Wings would have been able to cut it to a one-goal game with still, you know, six, seven minutes on the clock if Debrinket capitalizes on that missed, on that opportunity. He misses, and then as so ho- uh, often happens in sports and in the NHL uh, in general, uh, the Jets go back down the length of the ice uh, and they make it 5-2. Uh, this coming at the 15-12 mark of the third period with less than five minutes to play. It's Mark Shifley, his 12th of the year, assisted Gabe Velarde and Nikolai Ehlers. Uh, and it's Ehlers to Velarde, and Velarde does uh, a nice job in the, just sort of sending it in low. You know, I thought that there was maybe they were fumbling the puck a little bit, and there may have been a, a better opportunity. But they send it in low, and when it's down low, two hundred feet away from your own goal, nothing bad is going to happen. Uh, and then Velarde just goes and gets the puck. And Shifley is just left all alone. So, I mean, yeah. in tonight's game, the, the Red Wings have left Shifley all uh, all alone. They've left uh, Velarde all alone. And they've left Ehlers all alone. I mean, Good guys to leave alone. I, I, has nobody done a pre-scout? I, mean, <laughs> you know, you know, I don't think you need to pre-scout you know, that in-depth video session to really know, hey, don't leave the hottest line in the NHL all alone so each of them can have a tap-in goal with their eyes closed. But the Red Wings managed to pull that off tonight. Well, Drew, first of all, I mean you got to start this discussion with the fact that Nikola Ehlers passed that with his, it was a soccer pass. He didn't, he used to skate on the puck to pass it to Volardi and that you can see the reaction from Volardi to Shifley and Ehlers. Cause Ehlers is like, like almost like laughing. He's back. You can see the, how excited he is that it worked out, but he, he makes that pass with his foot and he gets it over to Volardi and then you know, Velarde finds Shifley. And yeah, I mean, it's again, it's terrible defense by the wings. You've got 
they completely overcommit to Ehlers. There's four guys on Ehlers, and no, basically nobody on Velarde and nobody on Shifley. Well, that doesn't seem ideal. And you can see after, like I said, after the fact, Velarde is just like laughing and saying to Shifley, did you see what Ehlers did? He basically passed that with his foot. And so, again, you like to see what Gabe Velarde does. He goes into these tough areas, fights for the puck, and then he backs off, finds a little bit of soft space, and, you know, there's a no-doubter. And that's three no-doubters in this game. And so, you know, the Jets, when they're going to score that many goals, I mean, they're, they're, they weren't losing this game anyways, most likely at that point when they made it 4-1. But even at 4-2, you didn't feel like the, the, the wings were storming back. Sure, they could have made it a little more interesting at 4-3, Drew, but it really didn't feel like the Jets were rolling on this one and and they right. buried their opportunities and that was that was the key and they still ended up with what they ended up with like over 40 shots in this game uh, right the around there shots on goal ended up 41 28 for the in the in the jets favor yeah 12 yeah. shots i mean the second period they had 18 shots in the second period alone yeah so i mean like it it's one of those again detroit's and you gotta remember like people are like oh detroit's no good blah blah, blah. detroit even though they're not a playoff team first of all they're not that far back i think they're like three or four points back of a wild card spot, well, but they're also plus. Four in a row. I mean, they're, 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 they're I understand. They're, I, yeah. I understand Drew, but, but they're, but what I'm saying is they can also score like they're, yeah. they have 111 goals for their goal mm-hmm. differentials. Plus coming into tonight's game was plus 11. Yeah. So, so Detroit could actually score. They let in a lot of goals and mm-hmm. they were going to let in a lot more now with Reimer and Hutchinson as their tandem. <laughs> yeah. But but the reality is they can still score a yeah. lot of goals. They're the fourth. They they've scored the fourth most goals in the in the entire NHL. Yeah. So again, the Jets held a team once again for the twenty first straight game. Yeah. To three or less goals. Well, it's a recipe for success. I mean, you don't yeah. have to be a hockey genius to know that if the if the if you're not giving up more than two or three goals a game, you're you're oftentimes going to be in a good situation, uh, yeah. and that is the situation that the Winnipeg Jets find themselves in, and they find it's like themselves... being on Jersey Shore. The, the the situation, Drew, we've mentioned it so many times. Well, there you go. If you want to start fist pumping, uh, you can feel free to I'm do that. I'll to. be fine watching that. Five uh, two victory for the Winnipeg Jets, and that's uh, another victory for the for the team. They're now seven one one in their last nine. They're now atop the Central Division. And again, as the Jets and the Stars and the Avalanche keep bouncing back and forth in that uh, uh, epic battle. And my tongue is firmly in cheek when I say that at game number 30 or 31 of the season. But the Jets are playing some excellent hockey and they have one more game to go before the Christmas break. And that's going to come on Friday against the Boston Bruins. Another game against the East. The Jets, of course, have been pretty good against the East. The Bruins 19-5-6 and six entering the game or entering tonight's play. So you know that Friday night's game in downtown Winnipeg is going to have a little bit of hype about it, a little bit more energy about it, similar to the games the Jets played against uh, Colorado and the Jets played against the Kings most recently, the one against Boston. That's, uh, you know, the the proverbial. I don't think the Jets necessarily need measuring stick games anymore because I think they've proven to be a pretty damn good hockey team. But nonetheless, anytime the the Boston Bruins come to town, it should be a very entertaining contest on Friday night. Post game show on Friday, 945 Central, 1045 here in the eastern time zone yeah and and again boston just played minnesota and lost in mm-hmm. overtime i mean it was a, it was a really entertaining game boston came back uh and tied it late in the game and then the the um, wild won it in overtime but you know again drew we talked about it while the jets have continued to kind of alternate between dallas and winnipeg and colorado in that first second and third spot those teams that are behind them Nashville, Arizona, and 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 Minnesota. Even Minnesota is farther back, 
but yeah. but Nashville and Arizona aren't that far back. And Arizona quietly has won now three straight games after going on that bit of a losing streak, have won three straight games. So they're they're climbing. But Nashville's a team again that that you know is has been very solid. And and again, I don't think they're going to challenge Winnipeg, Colorado, or or Dallas. But it, it's not like it's they've created a huge gap. They've given themselves a lot of 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 you know cover. They've banked standing points. And again, like you said, this has been such a good after having such a good November. Yeah, they've now turned that into an amazing December. Right? <laughs> they're what are they seven one and one in December? I think. Right? I know you said that. I think that's seven one in their right last now. nine. If so, if they played, if they played nine games in December, I think this and... was the ninth game in December because I'm pretty oh, sure they were go. seven. I think so. I, I'm not. I, I'm not 100 percent certain, but I think that their uh, their December record has been very good. So yeah, well, look, they, it, they, they, look, they when they, they just don't lose that many games in a row. And I mean, the, you remember when they lost those couple games in a row, and that was probably a. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago now, and everyone thought that the sky might be falling. Well, how have they bounced back from that? Well, they've bounced back from that with a, an excellent performance. This was game number one, two, three. This was game number. Yeah. This was game number nine uh, of the month. So they're seven, one and one. Yeah. Seven, one and one. One regulation loss in in nine games. I mean, like, and of course it came against the San Jose Sharks. Sure. But you know, like I said, (laughs) I think someone else subsequently lost to the Sharks or whatever. And it doesn't matter because like, like I said, it's, it look the Jets just didn't play. They think, they didn't play a terrible game against San Jose. No. They just didn't. They just weren't able to kind of impose their will the way they and they had a terrible. They the one thing I will say they had a terrible start against San Jose. Of course, being outshot twelve one mm-hmm. to start that hockey game. But um, what is the Sharks' lunch? I mean, look, where the focus is the fact, or sorry, the fact is that this is a team that has been very good for a while. And I know that again, like I said, I know folks are expecting the the, the wheels to fall off. But you you judge a team based on their five on five play. The goaltending's been excellent. Mm-hmm. The five on five play's been excellent. Mm-hmm. Special teams, again, not great. And that's gonna require some work. But we'll see, you know, and we had some, I mean, Rick Bonus's focus was on uh for the PK specifically about shot blocks and um getting the puck out when they have the opportunity. Although it was interesting because we had uh, a, a loyal Twitter follower tweet at us and say that the numbers for the shot blocks are actually very similar uh, to the, what they were last year. So uh, maybe it's more of those situational opportunities where the Jets could dump a puck bet, out. I would bet, though, the, that last year they would have had more opportunity to block the shot because this year's team is a far better possession team than last year's team was. Maybe this, team, maybe. You know, this, this year's team would have the puck on their stick a lot more. Yeah, possibly. But but again, the idea being, though, that when they had the puck on their stick, he taught Rick Bonus mentioned it today. Like there was, a, I think today or yesterday, talked about when there was a, a puck on the PK against Colorado where they had an opportunity to clear it. They didn't. And as a result, it ends up in the back of their net. So, I mean, there's there's areas to clean up They're mm-hmm. They're, you know, like any team. But and and uh, I don't know who said it. Some folks in the chat. Uh, I know Josh, uh, who, by the way, we owe him a, a belated birthday wish. That was last week. Sorry, Josh. Josh Mertens is his last name, I believe. Yeah, uh, that's right. I'm pronouncing it right. And Josh is in. in he's a, he's a Jets fan who's based out of Michigan, and I believe he was watching the um, the Red Wings the, feed tonight. The Red Wings feed. Uh, so was Ken I. Daniels. Yeah, right? well, of course. Yeah, Ken so Daniels Ken, and and Larry and Larry Murphy. Yeah, Larry. Well, and that was kind of the joke that uh, Chris Osgood and uh, and um, uh, what? Oh God, I'm, why am I blanking? I don't, um, I don't know the name of the studio. Host. Mickey Redman. 
we're, oh, uh, we're, 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 we're begged off of the trip to Winnipeg, but, uh, Kenny, da- Ken Daniels is amazing. He's a great, he's a great uh, broadcaster and, uh, Larry Murphy does a really good job too. So Detroit's got a, uh, I mean, I watched it for many years. They've got a really good, uh, broadcast team, uh, covering the Red Wings. And yeah, I mean, the, but it, apparently the point I'm making is that, uh, the, the, the commentary was that the Jets were kind of a, almost like a measuring stick type of team now. And, and again, this is, you don't, you don't have that level of success. Like you can, again, you can lose a game, but when you're not giving up three, four, five goals in a game, it's pretty significant. So that's what you want to see as a Jets fan. I would imagine is that your team is consistent and that's what this team has been more often than not. There you go. Jets win 5-2 tonight against the Detroit Red Wings. When we come back on the Illegal Curve post-game show, we'll do the tough duck hardest hitting comment. We'll give you some relevant comments coming from the Winnipeg Jets dressing room. Talk a little bit more about Friday against the Boston Bruins. Much more to come. Don't go anywhere. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk with you. It's Wednesday night. The Jets are victorious 5-2. This is the Illegal Curve post-game show. <laughs> Your coworkers love you because you always make them laugh. You're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor. Or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay. Do you have what it takes to become Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job? Try your luck. Hit the stage at Rumors Comedy Club, and you could be walking away with $1,000 cash. Winnipeg's funniest person with a day job. Presented by Rumors. For all the details, head to RumorsComedyClub.com. So you're a pizza person, you married a wing person, but somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your BP meal deal. Starting from $18.99 for takeout or delivery at bostonpizza.com. The game can change just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy, everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving, the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rolly's and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small, just visit rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at rollies.com. Boston Pizza harnessed fanalytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza, powered by Fanalytics. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. Work to live, live to play. Visit toughduck.com. 
20 minutes after the top of the hour. Welcome back to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk with you on this Wednesday night talking about the Jets' victory in at home, pardon me, against the Detroit Red Wings. 5-2, the Jets' victorious night. Dave M., you got the finger point. Tell me what's on your mind. <laughs> that was very radio of a voice of you. Thank, thank you. you. But thank you. I, I was going to say, the only thing quick, I wanted to tie it into the commercials. I, I'm not quite ready to make an exciting announcement yet, but hopefully... Very early in 2024, you will be seeing one of your favorite commercials. Have we lost with... Ginsburg? No, no, that's not. What do you mean? Have we lost Ginsburg? Is that is that the commercial? That's the commercial. I know, but I didn't want to reveal too much, Drew. You're revealing too much. But the point is that, anyways, it will be something along those lines, and so the uh, commercial will be back in 2024. We haven't recorded it yet, but yeah. it will be back when we're all back together uh, in 20 early in 2024. There you go. So stay tuned. So much happening. We got clocks chiming. We got commercials being teased. Who knows what else is going to happen here on the Illegal Curve post-game show. Who knows? Uh, this, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll still keep going for another, you know, what is it? Uh, it would be another we 39 need? minutes. <laughs> and I, like I said, I've been up since 4.30 in the morning, so you can go all you want, but I'll be going to bed before that happens, just for my own sanity and everything else. But Fair uh, enough. I appreciate that. Yes, the, the clock will be here on Friday. Don't worry. The clock will be back on Friday at the very least. Uh, this courtesy of our buddy Mike McIntyre. Uh, he asked Nikolai Ehlers about the recent play of the of that line, of the Ehlers-Shapley-Villardi mm-hmm. line. Uh, here's what Ehlers had to say. Quote, I feel like I've played like shit. Excuse my language. <laughs> the last two games in the first period today and parts of the third period period today he had a goal and assist tonight but he's hard on himself he felt like he's been playing poorly and i don't disagree necessarily i didn't think he's had his best games as of late no i don't Um, either obviously it continues on uh obviously we're scoring goals but we also want to be better i want to be better but those two guys are pretty fun to play with they read the game really well so that's nikolai ehlers talking about his own performance and that of his line mates uh the numbers of that line are just incredible in the last four games so mm-hmm. well, that's not a big sample size last four games gave velarde five goals five assists that's 10 points Nikolai Ehlers, four goals, five assists. That's nine points. Mark Scheifele, three goals, three assists, six points. And absolutely none of that is on the power play. So that's all five-on-five yeah. five production. We you know, we know how good they've been playing as of late, and that is just uh, exemplified through some of those raw numbers as of late. But yet, Nikolai Ehlers wants more from himself and expects more from himself, which has got to be music to the ears of the Winnipeg Jets coaching staff and, of course, the fans of the Winnipeg Jets as well, Dave. For sure. I mean, complacency is never an acceptable uh, emotion. You don't want any that to, to seep in. You want guys to want more. And and look, we we said it. I, I, watching Nikolai Ehlers against the Montreal Canadiens, I didn't think he had his best game. Uh, and. I, I didn't think he was bad tonight. I thought he made a number of nice plays. I mean, there's there were know, a couple always, drop, there were a couple drop passes to nobody that uh, tend to yeah, be part of his uh, routine. For sure, yeah. And, and look, there's there's always going to be things that you can work on to to better yourself. I mean, we in this uh, realm, Drew, think that there's things that you and I could work on. Maybe not Ezzy because he's perfect, but you and I always <laughs> think oh, there are things that we could tweak here, there, and everywhere to make ourselves better. And similarly, yeah. you want to be part of uh, a group where guys like that are always, you know, he, despite his success, he knows that there can be more. He knows that he can be better and he knows that line can be better. And that line, again, right now is is vying to be a top line in the NHL. And we haven't obviously done the exercise of going around 
the NHL and comparing and contrasting could be a fun thing for a Saturday show, Drew. But mm-hmm. for right now, that line has looked fantastic. And the Jets, you know, as a collective whole, have looked fantastic. Are there areas they need to work on? Yes, we've outlined them. Special teams, for sure. You can't have, you know, the 24th ranked power play or the 27th ranked PK. Those are areas that you need to get into at least the top 15. You want to be somewhere in that realm. It's hard when you've built up a lot of, um, you know, you're already 31 games into the season. So it's hard to overcome a poor start in both those realms, but get them back into the, at least into the top 15 to 20. And if you can do that with your five on five play, yeah, because we know in the playoffs, right? The, the five on five play is what's going to be key for this club. So you want guys to be hungry, to be better and to improve. And that's why you see it. And you see these guys and they're getting along and they're laughing. And, you know, you saw it, you know, we've, I mean, our guy, Colby Spence, who takes amazing photos. He was at practice. He sees it. You can see the way that these guys are enjoying being on the ice together. And sure. It's always easier to be happy when you're winning. Mm-hmm. But right now, that's what the Jets are experiencing. And and the good news for Winnipeg and for Winnipeg fans was that um, attitude, obviously, they weren't happy when they were losing, but that that there wasn't like a blame. It was that collectively, this team knew that they needed to be better. And we're seeing it top to bottom, the first line, the second line, third line. Third line has been quiet for the last little bit. It's gone a little bit maybe stale, if you will. But I think the 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 benefit right now is that the fourth line has stepped up. Yeah. Right. And so that's, and Cole Perfetti, who had been a little bit quiet, he himself has been a little bit more noticeable uh, in the last couple of games. So, I mean, I think that's, you know, it's, and and again, at the end of the day, you have the goaltending that you can always fall back on if any of those four, those things aren't working. But right now, those are all working for the most part. And the goaltending has been fantastic. Exactly. A good position for the Winnipeg Jets to be in. Let's wrap up tonight's post game show with the tough talk, hardest hitting comment. Lots of. Sorry, I cut you off there. What were you going to say? No, I just said lots of good ones. I just, I just did a little add on there. There were, I mean, you were, you were, I saw you buzzing, Drew, your star in comments here, there, and everywhere. And I think with good reason, a lot of folks had some good comments. Well, look, over 400 of you were joining us at uh, various points of time during this post-game show. So when there's that many people here, the odds are going to be uh, pretty good. There's going to be at least a couple good comments. And of course, you all brought some great energy to the post-game show like you always do. And we appreciate you all joining us uh, as we do after each and every Winnipeg Jets game. And we'll do again on Friday. So at about 9.39.45 Central Time on Friday after the Jets and the Boston Bruins do battle. We'll do the Illegal Curve post-game show. Just want to make a quick programming note before we get the hard, hardest hitting comment there won't be a saturday show this week we're going to take this saturday off uh for the right around the the holiday season we usually run around christmas we usually take this saturday off uh so we're going to take this saturday off so saturday morning go spend your time with uh, however else you want to do it maybe the website's still ones. running the, fa- the website will still be there of course all your jets news and everything but it just won't be a saturday show this saturday so just uh factor that into your plans on this coming weekend uh, i'll record like a moose maybe i'll record like a moose interview or something like sure that. record a moose interview and throw it up there or something you know that that sounds like a great uh maybe make it go live at like nine so if folks will have something to do i don't want spacey to be bored on on saturday morning drew he, who's he going to make pancakes for if he's not making them for us that's you know that's a that's a, that's a, a big decision a tough decision i think matthew thompson's hitting it on the head you know Manuk Manuk moose morning, morning. <laughs> i'll tell you what you 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 can take the lead on that one mr manuk uh that i won't not have a problem look at 10, look at 10 golden rules is saying drew 
and the legal, legal curve, curve greatest, greatest hits podcast. You know, if we didn't have to put that together, then I think that's a great <laughs> idea. So if somebody else wants to, you know, all the shows are archived like, what would on it the be, website. Though? Would it be? Would it be like art? Would it be interviews or would it be? I think just be escapades, just two mm. hours of escapades. I have like a, I have like a full spread, a full database of of Ezzy's ridiculous stories, which were way more entertaining before he had children. Yeah, uh, you can just record those and, and air those, and people will be like, "Why? Why am I listening to this?" And then at the same time, then two minutes later, they'll be, "Well, I can't stop listening to this because these are the greatest stories I've ever heard from an allegedly uh, adult human being." So you know, whatever. Yeah. It's all on illegalcurve.com. So if you're looking for, still looking for something to do on Saturday morning, all of our archives going back for the last decade or so are on uh, are, are on the website. Decade, so we, decade and a half, fifteen years almost. We're for, approaching know, fifteen years there, uh, Tito. I know it's hard to believe. In any event, uh, tough talk, hardest hitting comment tonight. I'm going to give it uh, to Patrick. Patrick Gwazd. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but I hope I am. With the way Laurent Brassois is playing right now, we haven't really even talked about that on tonight's post-game show. The you Jets could be set up well in the in net down the stretch with a fresh Connor Hellebuck, and you're absolutely right, Patrick. Uh, Laurent Brassois, after some early morning, early season struggles, has definitely uh, found his game. Uh, another game where he's only given up two goals because the Jets themselves don't often give up uh, very many goals. <laughs> pronounced right, it's Patrick. Thank you, Frosty. That's very clever. Um, but uh, Laurent Brassois playing very well for the Winnipeg Jets, and as a result, they're uh, they're confident in throw it putting him in the net as need be throughout the course of the season so patrick send me an email drew at illegalcurve.com you can slide into my dms on x on social media at ic drew and we'll hook you up with a tough duck toque courtesy of our friends at tough duck just send me your mailing address uh when you do that and of course stay tuned on friday another opportunity for somebody to have the tough duck hardest hitting comment dave m any last thoughts from you tonight before we wrap up this post game show we're almost at uh, the hour 15 mark yeah yeah no we're uh we're good i mean we've got uh the moose were in action i think do we do uh we done one since the moose played they no, they played this morning didn't they wasn't that or was what's that today? yesterday what's today and they play in the chicago game today's the, wednesday the, the no they game? played yesterday morning yesterday. Drew, which you know what that means oh boy i mean hang on let me find the button Put on your antlers, it's time for the Manuk Moose Minute on the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. I'm just here to give the people what they want. Yeah, I mean, it's not the, moose. the people want the moose, Manuk Moose Minute. No, I mean, I, I will be candid. It was the school day game, the 11 o'clock game in uh, Chicago, taking on their arch rivals, the Wolves. 14,000 in attendance. Kids were happy to be skipping school to be uh, at Allstate Arena in Chicago to watch the game. I was only able to really pay attention to that first period because, of course, uh, I had Jets responsibilities. So I was watching the, the Moose first period riveted to the TV, listening to Daniel Fink on the call. But then as the uh, as the second period began, I uh, had to go down to Canada Life and cover the Jets to make sure that legalcurve.com because the Jets are what drive the vehicle. The Moose are 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 important, but the, the Jets are really what what power this along. So, got to make sure that we have all of our Jets coverage in addition to the Moose as best we can. So, I did my best to try and keep, pay attention to, to everything that was happening 
The Moose got off to a phenomenal start, though, Drew, if you're, in case you're wondering, and I know you were. I think they're up Bon-Gio- to nothing. Am I right? Were they up to they nothing? up to nothing. Wyatt Bongiovanni, he has been hot. He, of course, started the season with a groin issue, but he's been really good for uh, the Moose. Scored a bit of a long-range one. Nikita Chibrikov, the... Uh, Jets draft pick, he doesn't get an assist on this, but he was creating a little bit of a uh, uh, a, a ruckus in the front of uh, the net. Ante Ranta, interestingly enough, playing his first game in the AHL after clearing waivers from Carolina. That was his first game in about, I think, four or five years. I think his last game was 2019-20. So he was playing, and uh, the Moose got the early lead, courtesy of Wyatt Bongiovanni's eighth goal of the year. Dimitri Kuzman, he picks up. Uh, actually, it's interesting. For whatever reason, on the site, they're saying it was his second assist, but he had a multi-point game, the last Moose game at home, so not certain why that was the case. But the 2021 third-rounder, he's uh, he looked really good with Tyrell Bauer, and then Danny Jilkin also picked up an assist. And then about a minute and 20 later, Drew Nicholas Jones, hard worker, follows a uh, Daniel Torgerson shot into the zone and uh, puts it behind Antiranta, uh, who doesn't pick up the rebound, the good rebound off the backboard. 2 nothing for the Moose. And you're thinking, oh, the Moose are in cruise control. But then things start to fall off. The uh, Wolves tied it up about 323 into the second period. And then Parker Ford, he's heating up a little bit as he starts to get more and more comfortable at the pro level. And uh, he scores his fifth goal, assists to Jeff Malott and Chaz Lucius, the 2021 first rounder who's been looking more solid after missing a couple of games and so you're thinking okay the moose are back on top three two but it was not to be three all before the end of the second and i'll be quite frank that's when i stopped having to be completely <laughs> focused on the moose and i'm not going to say it's my fault or not but drew when i stopped paying attention I'll, I'll say it's your fault when when i when i stopped paying attention the wheels fell off but i will mention because i think i saw t kona Pauly in the chat at least i'm pretty sure he was Tyrell Bauer yeah, had a ridiculous, ridiculous. Well, Ticona was messaging me after. Oh, there he is. Ticona was messaging me, uh, I think, through our Instagram. But it was a giant, no, uh, no defense fight with Tyrell Bauer, and uh, he he maybe didn't start off. He didn't start off very quick, but he he started chucking, and uh, the kid is tough as nails. Good kid, really good kid, and. Uh, you know, he's a right shot defenseman. And I know some people think that fighting doesn't have a place in the game anymore, but uh, this kid is tough. And, and, and again, he's learning how to defend and he's learning the pro game only in his second year as a pro. Uh, so there's a lot of, a lot of room for him to grow, but uh, kids tough as nails. And he had a, he had a monster fight that ended his uh, second period. And the moose, like I said, uh, didn't have a great third. And before you knew it, it was uh six to three final for the Chicago Wolves. So the Moose left Chicago a little disappointed, hoping to build on the success of the conclusion of their little short two-game homestand. But instead, they'll go to Iowa and uh, hope to make some hay against their uh, Central Division rivals. Well, there you go. That's the Manuk Moose Minute, as only Ooh. Dave Manuk can do and only does here on the Illegal Curve post-game show. When are the Moose next in action? Do we get one of these on Friday as well? Friday. Okay, so we'll have so yes. Well, you be, might be doing. It, it might coincide. I might. Uh, I'm trying. I, I think the game's a seven o'clock game in Iowa, but I would have to check. Okay, so you're going to be you'll you'll do a split screen or something. You'll keep an eye sure. on both 
is undoubtedly. And we'll talk about it on Friday's version of the Illegal Curve post-game show after the Jets and the Boston Bruins. Want to say a big thank you to all of our sponsors for their support. They make the Saturday show, the post-game show, the website a possibility. That's our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club, Linden Market Dental Center, Zappia Group Realty, Betway. They're the title sponsor of this post-game show. Tough Duck, Boston Pizza, Seagram's, Rolly's Transfer, and of course, Farmery Beer, home of Illegal Curve Lager. Get that at number two Donald Street. Support these fine businesses because of their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. Big thanks to all of you for joining us tonight. The Jets win 5-2 over the Detroit Red Wings. If you haven't already done so, smash the like button, subscribe to the YouTube channel. LegalCurve.com is going to be your destination for all the latest Winnipeg Jets, Manitoba Moose news and audio. That'll be updated with all the post-game, uh, post-game commentary. That'll be updated soon. Already updated, Drew. There you go. Already updated. And then again, of course, tomorrow with all your latest Winnipeg Jets news, starting bright and early with the Winnipeg Jets morning papers. Dave and I will next be in action on Friday night. I think Ginsburg's joining us then, but I honestly am not entirely sure. Uh, we'll be back. Dave and I at least will be back on Friday. That'll be after the Jets and the Bruins. So 945 Central Time, 1045 Eastern for those. Of Actually, you. give me you and Ginsburg for the record, but okay. There, it's just me and Ezzy? Yeah, it's just you and Ezzy. Oh, okay. Fair enough. I'll be here. Fingers crossed that Ezzy's going to be here. Otherwise, it'll be a Mindell solo show. And you know those (laughs) are worth the price of admission. Somebody will be here on Friday to talk about the Jets and the Boston Bruins. We hope you'll be back to join us as well. Thanks, everyone, for joining us on this Wednesday night. Jets win 5-2 until Friday night. For Dave Manouk, I'm your host, Drew Mindell. We wish you good night and good luck. And thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.